السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يدلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فيعباد الله يقول الله سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه العزيز بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا لا تدخلوا بيوتا غير بيوتكم حتى تستأنسوا وتسلموا على أهلها ذلكم خير لكم نعلكم تذكرون صدق الله العلي العظيم In our last session we started a series from a book called Min Adab al-Islam, Islamic Manners, by Shaykh Abdul Fattah Abu Ghidda, Rahmatullahi Alayhi. And in the first session, we went over the importance of your appearance. When you dress up, you present yourself in a respectful and somewhat in an honorable you know, appearance. It's for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to follow the teachings of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Today's topic will be about, about entering our homes. For some of us, we would think, what does Islam or the teachings of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam have to do with entering the home? What does it have to do with entering the house? We can enter the house to any manner we want. But see, the teachings of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam were universal as we mentioned last time. They are relevant today as they were relevant there. Just as relevant they were then, they are relevant today. This is what makes the teachings of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam very beautiful and amazing. But as we go over, a lot of these things we do, we might be doing it on a habit already. We might be doing it with a habit anyways. But now change that habit and do it consciously. What do I mean by that? Maybe some of us have a habit when we enter the bathroom, we enter with our left foot. But it's a habit now. We're not conscious of why we do it. It became a habit. Like after salah, we might have a habit of doing tasbihat, not understanding, not understanding, not understanding that we're saying subhanallah. Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, what do these things mean? Allah Akbar, 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 Subhanallah, Subhanallah. What are you doing? Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. You know, if you were to say it in English, because it's our first language, it has a bigger effect. Allah is the greatest, Allah is the greatest, Allah is the greatest. Glory be to Allah. We say it with a solid effect. 
So unconsciously or subconsciously to an extent, we are just saying Allahu Akbar. Not realizing we're saying Allah is the greatest, we're not just saying it, we have to mean it. Imagine on a daily basis, after every salah, you are constantly reminding yourself five times a day, repeating a 33 times that Allah is the greatest, yet your actions show Allah is not the greatest. What effect did it have? Allah is the greatest, Allah is the greatest, Allah is the greatest. But, you know, financially I'm not doing well. Well, don't you believe Allah is the greatest? If you believe Allah is the greatest, why are you worried? Why are we worried? لا تحزن إن الله معنا. Why are we worried? Allah is with us. So we do these things, but we're not realizing why we do it. This is why I believe. My opinion is one of the reasons almost every moment, and Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has a dua. You walk up the stairs. What do you say? Allahu Akbar. You walk down the stairs. What do you say? Subhanallah. Why? You are constantly reminded about the existence of Allah. You're drinking water, you make dua. After you drink, what do you say? You're reminding yourself that this water that I just drink, that's universal and throughout the world, and one of the easiest things for us, especially in this part of the world to get, Allah is trying to remind us, you didn't get that water out of your own doing. Alhamdulillah <laughs> Beautiful dua. Why? But we say it out of habit if you know the dua. Consciously think about it. What are you saying? All praise belongs to Allah for what? He gave me water that's fresh through his fadl. I don't deserve this water. It's not my doing that gave me this water. It's not my intellect. It's not my uncle. It's not my money. It's not the fact that I can pay the water bill. It's not the fact I can go to Walmart and buy a bottle of water. It's because Allah through His fadl and His rahmah gave me fresh water to drink. And He didn't make it salty and bitter due to my sins. If it were due to my sins, then this water would be salty and bitter. I would not be able to drink it. But Allah has His rahmah is reminding us about the rahmah of Allah. So we might be doing some of these things unconsciously, not realizing it. It is the teachings of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa So now, if we're already doing it, don't sit there and think I'm already doing it. Now do it because it's the sunnah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi So, whenever, at the Salat al-Fajr, and we went over it when we did a day with the Prophet series. Whenever the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would enter his house, which foot would he enter with? His right foot. He would enter with his right foot. It's a place of cleanliness. Our place is a home of sukoon. Right? We're entering a place that has our wife and children. We enter with the right foot. Maybe some of you enter with your left foot, but that's a different discussion for another day, inshallah. But generally, you should enter with your right foot. What's the first thing you do? Hide? Become a spy? No. Say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh in a louder voice than usual. Two things get accomplished to that. Number one, the first thing you're supposed to do when you meet someone or you enter the house is Assalamu alaikum. Number two, you said it a little bit loud. Whenever an Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam would enter the house, he would announce his presence. It's not like he was trying to sneak in. It's not like he was trying to sneak in. Obviously, this is because when everyone's awake, when we come to when, come to when they're sleeping. But he wanted to announce his presence. I'm home. I'm Home. Some of our parents are like, okay, now we're going to enter the house. We're not going to let the kids know we're home so we can sneak into their homes and see if they're doing something wrong. Why? 
Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Everyone should know your home. So if you're already entering with your right foot, you're saying Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Now, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh has just become a greeting now. What are you really saying? The most important people for us to make dua of peace for is who? Our family. So when we enter that house, what are we saying? It's not a hello. It's not a good morning. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be upon you. Wa rahmatullah, may Allah shower His rahmah upon you. Wa barakatuhu, may Allah bless you. We need peace in our homes. We need rahmah in our homes. And we need blessings in our homes. Just this dua could be enough to solve all the, all the problems in your home. These are the most, three most important things we need in our homes. Think about it. We do it unconsciously. You just enter the house. We say it with a habit. Adat kisat. We just say it. We don't even know what we're saying. Assalamu alaikum. May Allah grant the entire household peace, safety, protection. Warahmatullah is through the rahmah of Allah that we will be entered into Jannah, is through the rahmah of Allah that all of our situations, our problems, our difficulties will be solved. Wabarakatuhu and blessing. These are the three most important things we need within our own families. So when you say it, don't just say it, mean it. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Greet your family members. The third thing, smile. Smile. Don't walk in the house tired. I've been working all day. I'm exhausted. No, no. Walk. Put a smile on your family members' faces. Your children should be smiling, not seeing a father enter their house with a, you know, with a stern, tired, exhausted face. No. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We put a smile on your entire family's house. When dad enters the house, he brings some radiance and some light and some kind of feeling of excitement. So smile. Our Habib sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he smiled would light your day. So three things so far when you enter the house. Enter with your right foot. Say assalamu alaikum and assalamu alaikum takes care of two things. Announcing your presence. Don't spy on your family. Don't spy on your family. So the first thing we do when we enter the house, is say, Assalamu Alaikum. Second thing is, we announce our presence. Then this next thing. Let's say your children are in the room. Your wife's in her room. If your mother stays with you, make a habit. When you enter their home, seek permission. And knock on the door. Don't be like, I'm the father. I can just barge in anyone's room because I want to. No, make a habit of knocking. Now when you make a habit of knocking, why do we do it? We do it because maybe some of us have a habit. Who introduced knocking to this Islam? Nabi sallallahu alayhi What are the etiquettes of knocking? Bang the door like you're a policeman entering the house? Aisha radiallahu ta'ala she says, anything that has rifq in gentleness, by that gentleness you adorn it, you beautify it, and that harshness you tarnish it. So when you knock, not too soft, not too low when no one can hear, not too loud where it seems like someone's about to be punished. You know, if you want to punish a child, those silent dagger punishments that they didn't see coming are probably the best. They never expected it. If they expected it, they're probably going to hide and run away. Well, don't make it obvious you're about you're angry. 
So when you knock loud enough where the other person can hear it, or the other person on the other side can hear it. So knocking is what? The teachings of An-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How many times do we knock? And not only that, to an extent the Qur'an has this. لَا تَدْخُلُوا بُيُوتًا غَيْرَ بُيُوتِكُمْ حَتَّى تَسْتَعْنِسُوا Don't enter the house, that's not your house, without making sure everyone in that room or that house are comfortable with you. تَسْتَعْنِسُوا Then when you enter, وَتُسَلِّمُوا عَلَىٰ أَهْلِهَا ذَلِكُمْ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ يَعَلَّكُمْ تَذَكَّرُونَ so when we enter, we knock, what do we do? We're following the teachings of Al-Nabi Sallallahu We're not knocking because we want to. We're not knocking because it's common sense to us. We're knocking because this was the teachings of Al-Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And what else did he do? The other person on the other side asked, what should they do? They should ask, man who? Who is it? They ask, who is it? What do we say? Ana, me. We say me. Can't you tell by my tone? No. Prophet ﷺ heard one sahaba radiyallahu ta'ala najma'een on the other side. Prophet ﷺ asked, who is it? The sahaba said, Ana, me. Who's Ana? I don't know who me is. Say your name. All of these things, we're probably already doing. All of these things to an extent we might already be doing. All we have to do is say we did it, not because we want to. But because of my Prophet ﷺ told me. You see, this is an ummah of we follow our feelings. I did it, كَذَلِكَ سَوَّدَتْ لِي نَفْسِي Because I felt like it. Samiri, when he was asked, مَا خَتْبُكَ يَا سَامِرِي كَذَلِكَ سَوَّدَتْ I just felt like that was the right thing to do, so I did it. That's what's happening to this ummah. We've all become Samiri followers. I said Samiri, okay, not Samir. We've all become... Samiri followers, كَذَلِكَ سَوَّلَتْ لِي نَفْسِي I did it because I felt like it. Where our Prophet wasallam said, لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى يَكُونَ هَوَاهُ You cannot be a true believer until even your internal feelings are not your own. <laughs> your internal feelings are not your own. تِبْعًا لِمَا جِئْتُ بِهِ your feelings are in accordance to what I brought to you. So we didn't knock. We didn't answer with who is it. We didn't answer by name because that's what we felt like doing. We did it because our Habib وسلم, told us to do it. These are simple etiquettes. These are simple etiquettes that our youngsters and youth just don't know. Our youth don't know of these habits. So when you train and teach your youngsters and your children these etiquettes and these habits, tell them this is what the Prophet taught us. So they know it's not just your etiquettes. It's not just the etiquettes the parents brought. They know that these etiquettes stem back to who? And Nabi said. From our mindset is created from the beginning. Our Prophet told us to do it like this. Our Prophet told us to do it like this. Enter the house with your right foot. Enter the bathroom with your left foot. Why? Not because we want to. Because the Prophet told us. Okay. So we enter the house with our right foot. We say assalamu alaikum in a lighter tone. So we've done two things with that. We've said salam to our family members and we have announced our presence. Then when we go to someone's room, someone's in the room, we knock. Not because we felt like it, but because the Prophet ﷺ did it. Doesn't matter if your son, doesn't matter if your daughter, 
Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala says, when your children become of age, they should have their own room. And the brothers should ask permission to enter the room of their sisters. And the sisters should ask permission to enter the room of their brothers. And the sisters should ask permission to enter the room of their sisters too. And the sons should ask permission to enter the homes of their own mothers. Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala were confused. Ya Rasulullah, it's my mother. I have to ask permission to enter the room with my mother in it? Sahaba was shocked. Rasulullah said, of course. We don't know what she's doing. Maybe she's not dressed. So knock, make sure you seek permission. So these seem like habits, maybe some of us have. No, no, we're missing it. This ummah is somewhat missing it. These are small etiquettes. So now when you go somewhere and a non-Muslim sees it, why did you knock? No one knocks. No one seeks permission to enter. It's the teachings of our Prophet It should be a habit. You're entering someone's office, doctor's office or not. You should make a habit of knocking. They're not accustomed to that, but they see the respect in that. They see the etiquette in that. So whenever we enter someone's house or someone's room, whatever it may be, we seek permission. Next time. We might enter the house when people are sleeping. Aisha radiallahu ta'ala, she says, sometimes the Prophet wasallam would come home late. So I would prepare something for him. I would put milk there. He used to like drinking milk. So I would put milk there. I had it prepared and then I would go to sleep. So if you know your husband is coming home late, and he wants something, the teachings of Aisha radiallahu ta'ala, which is indirectly the teachings of Al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, have something prepared for him. Whether it be water, fruits, whatever it may be. But you know he's coming late. We can follow our mothers too. But when the Prophet ﷺ came home, what did he do? He said, Assalamu alaikum loudly to announce his presence? No. They're sleeping. So in some of your homes, you might have this garage. And the garage makes a loud noise. Unless you buy those really expensive garage, you know, openers, whatever, it doesn't make that much noise. But if it makes noise, maybe don't enter from the garage. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ, when he entered the house, he was quiet. He didn't disturb anyone. These are small etiquettes. Small etiquettes. But when the Prophet ﷺ knew they were sleeping in their homes, he didn't barge in, he didn't make a loud noise, he didn't announce his presence, he quietly entered the house. He didn't bother his wife, he didn't bother the children, he didn't bother anyone, he made sure he didn't disturb anyone. You know there's a, a joke that went around two, three months ago that if the husband wakes up in the middle of the night, you know he's quiet, doesn't want to disturb his family. Whereas when the wife wakes up, she wakes up loudly like no one's, no one's sleeping or anything and disturbs everyone. It could go both ways. But the teachings of Al-Nabi is to not disturb anyone. They're sleeping, don't bother them. Don't disturb them. Enter quietly, softly, kindly, nicely, in a low tone. Make sure you don't distract and disturb their sleep. And last thing, whenever we go to someone's house, <clears throat> The Prophet ﷺ advised the Sahaba don't stand in the middle. Don't stand like directly in the middle of the door. Rather stand on the side. For two reasons. 
Number one, because it's possible that the male representative or family member is not home, so the female is going to, to be there. So she can open the door and inform you that he's not home, if she can't do it behind the door. Number two, to protect your eyes. So when we stand at a side and we lower our gaze whenever we go to everyone's house. Now we enter these homes, you know, they can see, you know, from the door hole or whatever, they can see you. So we don't follow these etiquettes. Or the window might be slightly open, so we're going to check if someone's there. When the Prophet ﷺ entered someone's house, what did he do? He stand to the side, he stood to the side, and he lowered his eyes. So when you go to your cousin's house, your uncle's house, you go into someone's house for either, follow these teachings of Al-Nabi They're small actions. Very small actions. But those actions become powerful when you join it with the teachings of Al-Nabi You're doing it because the Prophet ﷺ did it. You never know that one small action that you did with pure sincerity. I am only doing it, not because I want to, because this is what the Prophet ﷺ told me to do. That action could be so beloved to Allah and that one action could enter you into Jannah. May we instill the teachings of Al-Nabi ﷺ within our lives. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect all of our family members. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala join all of us. Jazakumullahu khayran wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil few announcements really quickly inshallah number one we still need help with our monthly donations it would be nice if we can end off the month with roughly about two thousand dollars that would help take care of this month's expenses inshallah so if anyone's willing to donate or you can go to our website and set up some kind of uh, monthly donation too inshallah number two our evening Islamic studies or maktab program has started, which is from Tuesday to Thursday. Classes are only for about an hour and 15 minutes right now, so from 5.30 to 6.45. Inshallah, please consider uh, enrolling your children in those programs too. Inshallah, alhamdulillah, in this community we have no shortage of hips or Quran teachers or Islamic studies teachers. So if we have a lot of students, we, we will be, inshallah, able to accommodate those students. So please consider that for a number of reasons. Number one, your children will be coming to the musalla. Number two, they will be learning Quran and number three they will be in around an environment that is inshallah you know developing love for Quran and the sunnah of the Prophet so just bring them just for the community's sake that's fine too inshallah some of the children afterwards they play outside and it's a beautiful feeling to see that children are praying outside a lot of times what happens is after Salat al-Asr we can hear the children making noises and that's not a bad thing a lot of people might object you know we want children to the masjid but our mashayikh and our ulama say the masjid that has children talking in the back of the masjid during salah is a masjid that has protected the next generation. A masjid that has children talking in the background while you're offering your salah, then that masjid has protected the next generation. What else do we need? So bring them. Don't worry about the noise and stuff. We'll be okay. Prophet is leading salah. He hears one of the children or the babies cry. What does he do? After salah, he yells at her. No, he quickly finished Salah. He quickly finished Salah. I didn't want to hurt her more. She was probably in a lot of pain. She was probably embarrassed, humiliated that, you know, my child is crying during Salah. It's distracting the Salah of Nabi Sallallahu No, no. He finished Salah quickly to give her ease and comfort. And then number three, our youth halakha, even though, you know, the weather inshallah is good, but due to the fact that we have these hardcore weather forecast people, we had to actually uh, change our, reschedule our event from today, from two weeks inshallah. So it won't be this week, but in two weeks we'll have the youth halakha for the boys, for the girls, 
and we will have a basketball tournament, a basketball three-point competition, and you know the maximum age is 25. We did that, so I'm not amongst them, you know, to make it a little bit easier for the children to practice their three-pointers, and they don't have that much competition because I'm not involved, inshallah. But anyways, uh, that will be $100 for the winner, inshallah. The sister side will also have some kind of competition, more of a talent show. It could be, you know, poetry, Quranic recitation, some kind of short story, anything like that. A $100 prize will be given to them. And inshallah, we'll announce it soon. But there will be two, ca- ta- two categories for the, the age groups, inshallah. And also in two weeks, we will also have our bake sale that would benefit the, you know, Islamic Institute of Atlanta. It will benefit IIA students, especially the sister side. So please consider sending your children for that and register online for all of these uh, events and programs, inshallah.